to MBSing. I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. My guest today is my, oh, uh, usually say good friend. That would be an understatement. Uh, my guest today is my boyfriend, Eric Brayband. The reason that I hesitate to say that word is not because I don't like to say that that is what he is to me. I think it's just that I have a weird feeling about, uh, when I think of the word boyfriend, I think of, uh, for those who watch modern era Saturday Night Live, I think of Cecily Strong's character on Girlfriend's talk show. Uh, she has a, a running joke where she tells a long story about something that she does with her boyfriend, and then at the end she says, My boyfriend's crazy. And uh, that's basically like the voice I hear when I hear the word boyfriend. Uh, so I typically default to significant other um, uh, because I kind of like how it sounds better. Um, but it also like adds an air of mystery about it. Like uh, it's, it doesn't exactly define what it is. Um, but that's probably just my own hangups. Uh, my guest today is my boyfriend, Eric Brayman, and he talked to me about his love of the Rustic Overtones, um, which is a band that I had barely heard of before this, and I don't really know any of their songs. So, uh, I will be listening to, uh, at least the album that he cites as his favorite of theirs, uh, Rooms by the Hour. Um... Uh, but one of the things he told me, first of all, the way this came about is that last weekend I was in Los Angeles for the first time for two days. I thought I was going to be able to get some recordings in. It didn't happen because what I ended up doing was just prioritizing spending time with my friend Nick Johnson, past guest of the show, and his lovely girlfriend Chelsea. Uh, they allowed me to stay in their apartment for the whole weekend, and they graciously uh, kind of showed me around L.A., uh, so instead of trying to squeeze in podcasts with some really lovely people who I hope to eventually get on the show, I um, decided instead to go to downtown L.A. with them and go to the last bookstore and... Uh, Grand Central Market and Angel City Brewery and have a, a golden stout that was one of the best beers I've had in a long time. And then the next day go to Venice Beach and watch a bunch of skateboarders for a long time because it was really cool. Um, and then eat uh, a bunch of delicious fresh tuna um, out of the Pacific Ocean. I mean, not I didn't eat it out of the ocean, but I bought it by the ocean that it, it has to have come out of not too long before I ate it. Anyway, uh, basically what I'm saying is I, I, I lived my life, um, and I tried not to worry about it. And then when I got back from the excellent trip to LA that, 
I should say, also included two really great Nerdlogs show experiences with these incredibly packed houses and uh, getting to perform not necessarily alongside, but at least uh, <laughs> in the same billing as uh, a few comedians who I've admired for a really long time, um, getting to have conversations with those people and and uh have everyone be like genuinely interested in what everyone else had to say and laughing at one another and just generally being uh, cool fun hangout buds it, 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 it was it was great it was a really great weekend uh but one of the things that uh i i wasn't crazy about was that i didn't uh get to see eric all weekend and, and have that experience with him so when i got back I still needed an episode for this week, but I also wanted to be able to spend time with my boyfriend, so I asked him if he would be my guest. Uh, And the only reason I would hesitate to do that is because in the past when it has come up, uh, I believe the only thing I asked him was, hey, if you were ever a guest on my show, what would your topic be? Because I wanted to know what the thing he would answer to the question, uh, uh, what's one thing that you love slash know a lot about slash are passionate about? And his response to the question initially was, oh, I don't want to do your show. <laughs> because I think he was just nervous uh, about what that that experience, just being nervous about talking to me uh, in that kind of stilted, unfamiliar way. Um, but that was probably six months ago uh and we've gotten a lot closer since then and when i asked the question again he i made sure that he knew there was no pressure behind it but just that i would love for him to do it and he said i would love to i'm excited i think i'll talk about the rustic overtones and he also said that the reason he wanted to talk about them is not necessarily that they remain his favorite band but for a long time they were and it was the first time he had really thought about the untapped nature of culture, of pop culture, of being able to find cool bands and movies and TV shows and things that are being produced but aren't necessarily in, in the mainstream so that you know about them immediately. Um, and that's really cool. That really shaped him for a long time and still does. Um, and I really uh, love uh, what he has to say about how they still shape the way he works creatively as well. Um, so this this was a really fun episode for me to get to do. Um, and uh, if, if it's self-indulgent, then so be it. I'm being self-indulgent. But I don't think it is. Because it's great. He was a great guest. Um, and I love him very much. Uh, some plugs before I let you listen to that episode. Uh, this Sunday, February 15th, the Nerdalogs have our monthly Your Stories event. Yes, it is already the third Sunday of the month. That is at 7 p.m. at Threadless headquarters. The offices of Threadless. How cool is that? Their, uh, I almost said website. Their actual address, the physical one, is 1260 West Madison Street. It's at basically Washington and Racine. Um... So come out to that if you're within the sound of my voice and it is before 
February 15th, 2015. The theme is fan fiction. Last year at this show, I was nervous that there would be a lot of stuff that was like too deeply nerdy and it would just kind of go over my head. Boy, was I wrong. I laughed a ton and was so delighted by how specific and funny the pieces were. Uh, Just really a testament to if you love a thing enough and are a creative person, you can probably create a a kind of love letter to it in one way or another. Um, So come check that out. Uh, Also, if you get a chance when it's released, probably in a few weeks, listen to the Your Stories episode that we did at Dinosaur Coffee while we were out in LA. There were some really incredible guests. It was an amazing thing to be a part of and to be a witness of. Again, this is probably a little self-serving. I'm really proud of the Nerdalogs for being able to kind of uproot this show that we've established here in Chicago and do it out in LA to a really packed house with a great group of guests. I, I, I'm proud of us. I I didn't think it was going to happen in the way that it happened. And, uh, if that's self-serving, so be it. You don't have to listen to this. Um, but thank you for listening to it. And I'm glad you enjoy it enough to do so. Anywho, uh, Thursdays, 8 o'clock, Annoyance Theater, Fishbowl. If you're an Annoyance student, bring your ID, you can drop it in the Fishbowl, and you may get to play with Annoyance quote-unquote veterans. Um, teachers, current performers, alumni, etc. Cool? Sound cool? good because it is um that's all the plugs i got i really like this episode eric's a pretty wonderful person enjoy how do you usually start it well i go between um pressing record i used to press record a lot more often without people knowing and then telling them and i didn't then i like didn't really like that because it's because you're so okay. So I'm recording now. You're recording now, which is like the, one of the podcast bits I've always wanted to do <laughs> was do the oh were we recording as the last thing that's said on the podcast? Oh yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna probably have to do that. Okay, okay. I can take this part out so that you didn't do that. I if I think if it's I think if we talk about it, it it'll be it funnier th- by the end. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's because that's like such a like cliche. It is podcast because it, like anyone who, any like celebrity that's over sixty who does like a podcast is how do we how do we start these? Is things? it what especially both? I mean, two of the interview podcasts I listen to the most are Nerdist and You Made It Weird, yeah. and both of those guys. Almost always are already recording when their guest like walks in the room. <laughs> I know, which seems so weird. It does. So I've had people come in and think that I was going to do the same thing, and I'm like, no. But I can see the appeal because there is always this weird. I don't ever want it to be like click, and, yeah. and now we're turn talking on. together. Everyone turn on. Yeah, Venus, like, yeah. but also I feel like there have definitely been episodes where I recorded way too much before I actually like introed and then started talking about the topic. I, th- I think they cut most of it out, but when I did uh, Rob and Josiah's podcast, oh, yeah. we talked about like 
porn for a while. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And they write, you should probably cut this out like they cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just said that we have to leave it ah, to make a bit. I was thinking over the weekend, I don't remember what made me think of it, about how you did their theme song. Because yeah, yeah. it's just really fun and impressive. Oh, and thank you. You do impressive things Sometimes. that I like about you. I like that song. I, like, I do too. I like the concept. It took me. A while. I I told Ra, I told them that I tried to do like a punk rock version of the Jurassic Park theme song, <laughs> but just like doing it by myself, I couldn't get it to sound right. And I really wish I could have because it would have been awesome. That's but so like, funny. Well, I would have needed. Oh, like a so full like band. also in the in the realm of making it a remake. Exactly. I gotcha. was just gonna like cover. Uh, like one song, but the Jurassic Park theme song. It, but I don't even remember. It's it, because people always get it confused with um, Indiana Jones. I think. Oh yeah, or not always. I feel like it's a common. People only get it confused. <laughs> Everyone ever <laughs> has uh, always. Da, ba, da, da, da. Yeah. It would have if but I could have done it. It would have worked. But, but what you landed it. on is is really great, and I remember you. It was really fun for me from the outside for you to be like, oh, so I think I thought of what I'm gonna do conceptually for right. the remake podcast right. theme song, and I was like, oh, cool. What are you thinking? Because it was like, wow, my parents were here too. Exactly. And, uh, I do remember this conversation. And you were like, well, I think I'm going to do, you know, those like old timey uh, movie houses with the yeah, know, big pianos? It's like a silent, it starts as like a silent yeah. film score. That silent goes, film score. Plinky, plinky, plink, plink, <laughs> plink, plink, plink. plink. That's exactly, that's, yes. <laughs> plinky, plinky, plink, plink. Plink, plink. And then it gets to a point where it's becomes a more modern version. Modern, plinky, electronic, plinky. Yeah. plinky, plink. That's the concept. Beep, beep. Bing, 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 bing. I can't remember it. I'll have to. I'll ploop it in. This is a reminder to me. Ploop. You ploop could do, in the remake. You could do lots of theme. music plooping during this. Oh one, yeah, but that's I'll have true. to send you all the music. Yeah, I'll, because if you send me stuff, I'll ploop it. Or yeah. if you want to be on your phone and like pull stuff up. No, because I I don't have a lot of it on my phone currently. So you'd have to actually physically and look things see, up. And this is what's interesting about this band is uh, that I'm going to talk about. Yeah, I have none of them on my phone. Is that like. You can't find stuff of theirs as easily Interesting. as, I mean, you. I could find bad YouTube versions and live versions of a lot of stuff. Right. But uh, that's that's very in line with with this band. Um, This person that I'm talking to Hi. is Eric Brayband. Hello. This band that he's referring to is the Rustic Overtones. Correct. Because that's what he's chosen to talk about. Um. Uh, yeah. Do you want... <laughs> I feel like I need to, like, give them, like, a worthy introduction. But I'm, Of yourself? Uh, no, no. Of, of the band. Oh, of the band? No, I wasn't going to talk about that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will mention it at some point. Yeah, you can mention that at the beginning. That we're sitting in my bed together. Yeah. What? <laughs> um, well, I feel like you can... That'll happen at some point. Cool. The first question I'll ask... Mm-hmm. Is what's the origin of your love for the rustic overtones? Okay, so that's a really long story. Uh, hey, um, we have at least an hour. <laughs> so, um, when I was in sixth grade, I met a guy who would go on to be, and it still is one of my best friends. Uh, his name is Nate. Uh, 
when I was I think when I was fourteen. The some, same Nate that uh, yeah, that you went to his wedding yeah, last yeah. year. Your groomsman. I was at his wedding party. He's still one of my best friends to this day. Okay, just making uh, sure. I met him in sixth grade. In eighth grade, he took me up to his family's cottage that they have. I think they still have it. It's on Lake Erie in this like cottage community mm-hmm. uh, for the first time. And like, there's this, there was this like crazy weird group of like friends that had formed because they were always up there in the summer. Somewhere outside. Where was the cottage? Uh, on, like, on, Erie? on Lake Erie. In what state? Um, it was on the New York side. Okay. So I was outside. I can't remember what the city's called, but um, it. Uh, but either way, it was. It's a, a community called Van Buren Point. <laughs> Okay. Martin Van Buren, who I believe is the eighth president. Uh, the, um, this is definitely going to be a long uh, story. Yeah. So, in so 1792, Van Buren. Uh, uh, so, so I was introduced uh, to the Rustic Overtones by the people that, like... So Nate had, because he'd gone up to this cottage uh, every summer for, like, his entire life, mm-hmm. he'd grown up with these people. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of from all over the place, some from... Uh, Maine and New, the New England area. Yeah. And they, and you guys were from Pittsburgh. And we're from Pittsburgh. And they were the people who, sh- like, brought to us the music of the rest oh, of the Oh, that's so funny. So, like... They're, like, your little cultural... In- I feel like most people, especially of our uh, inclinations, yeah. have that person. Right. I, but Patton Oswalt does a really good job of... Of talking about those moments of the like the carriers of culture right. into your life, <laughs> right? So like, and it's funny because they they uh, like this place. I I had I've gone up there so few times in my life in the large scheme of things. We, like he'd always bring me up for like maybe a week or like mm-hmm. a long weekend in the summer so for like a couple years in a row. So I had very limited time there, but I but I loved the time I had there because these people that we met were all like so cool and so like inviting and so like. Uh, it was I never had that apprehension of like when you meet a new group of people of being like kind of scared. They're wonderful people, and it's such a like weird specific time in my life. It was the place I drank for the first time. Yeah. So it was like this magical place that existed Aww. like outside of reality, yeah. where I got to do all these like uh, cool and fun you, like, things. Weren't nervous. Yeah. You guys were kind of a little more like yourself, probably. Yeah, and it was like those. Like, when you're a kid, those kind of, like, endless summer days where, like, you be like, we're going up there for a week. That'll be, like, forever. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, uh, so, one of the things that we did a lot with them is we'd drink, but we'd always, like, listen to music. And <laughs> there were a lot of different music that I got into. This was in, like, 8th-ish grade is what you said, um, right? Yeah. So, I was, like, 14. So, maybe freshman year? Because yeah. I, was, I was a young... For, I was... Always, because I have a summer birthday, so I was always like, "Oh, the youngest." Yeah, yeah. So I think I might have been a freshman, and uh, they and like they taught it. They uh, we got like we listened to a lot of music. They were big. Uh, those guys up there were big, like into fish. Yes. So I started liking fish, but fish never stuck with me the way the rest of Goverton. Good, stuck with me. thank goodness. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree with that. I thank mean, goodness. I had one album. It was a live album because. They're, they all they have to be live. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But let's not talk about. Fish. Why would you ever li- li- listen to a fish studio album? You, I mean, you do. I some guess people. I, I, there's no reason to talk do. about fish. Okay, the, <laughs> the rustic overtones. So let's. So <laughs> the rustic overtones are this band uh, from Maine, and this is very pre-internet for me. Mm-hmm. Like it, 
there like this was before I got Napster and stuff. So I still need like hard copies and like you probably at that point still had to use like dial up. I believe my first copies of their albums were on cassettes. Oh wow! Yeah. So uh, so like they they like came as like a relic from this like almost like fantasy land in my life that like I was only ancillarily connected to. Uh huh. uh, uh, Which is why I always dug them Uh and. That's uh, fun. So let's. So like, do you want me to like describe what they're like? Sure. As a band? Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know much about them either. Yeah, I haven't made you listen to them uh, too much. Uh, I gotta time it. <laughs> you have checked your phone three times in the last minute because I am always like, "What if time stopped?" So I have to make sure that it kept going. No, you're because if it didn't, then it'd be like, thing. we'd have to stop this and, and figure out like what had happened. to make it not be a nervous thing that you were doing okay, anymore. Okay, but if time stops, we're not going to know. literally, it said 12, like 10.50 and then 10.51 and then 10.51. But I, I, so did, I, I hope time didn't stop, so I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I mean, you didn't wait long enough to be able to actually check. We don't check. know, and we'll never find out. The, uh, um, okay, so the rest of the cover tones are this uh, band from Maine. The best way I can describe them, because most people won't know who this band is. Yeah, I've and heard I'm not, of them before, but I'm yeah, not super familiar. I'm not saying that as like, oh, cool, check out the band I know that everyone yeah. They're just not like a popular band. They had like... A, a moment of like almost getting popular, but we'll talk about that uh, shortly. But they're this band from Maine that's like the best way to describe them is kind of a they're basically a rock band, but they have like a horn section. Uh, they play a lot of kind of funk influenced music, but not in the way that like the Red Hot Chili Peppers are like <laughs> like slap Do bass and like people say that about the Red Hot Chili Peppers like f- funky. Yeah, really? Oh yeah. yeah. Bing a bong a bong a bong burbank. It's not like slap. It's more like uh, music with like grooves, okay. and they do a lot of kind of stuff that feels jazzy or like loungeish. Okay, but I guess I of, can kind of see that. Yeah. I never would have made that connection. They have some like really like some songs that are based in like funk grooves, mm-hmm. and they're really 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 good. And they're all pretty damn good musicians. Um, their original drummer, especially, was just like out of this world good. Do they have any, like, ties to other bands, like, members um, who were in other bands or anything? Kind of. Um, their drummer eventually went and played with uh, Ray LaMontagne. Yeah. Um, uh, one of their horn play, a couple of their horn players moved on to various bands. They, there's this other band just called Lettuce that is, like, <laughs> legit. Uh, they're great, though, because it's, like, <laughs> instrumental funk music. Oh, they're cool. so good. Uh uh, and then Dave Gutter, the lead singer, has been here, the the most success that's kind of indirectly attributed to the rest of Overtones would be. Uh, do you remember the movie Beer Fest? I know what movie you're talking uh, about. Yes, the, I have never seen Beer Fest. The song at the very end of Beer Fest is played by a band called the Paranoid Social Club, I've who heard is of a side too. project of Dave Gutter, who is the lead singer and chief songwriter in the Rusty Go. See, Tones. these are the kinds of things I was looking for. Yeah. I've heard <laughs> yeah. of Paranoid, Paranoid Social, Social Club. Club as well. Uh, they also, the Rusty Overtones did have uh, one song on the soundtrack to the Rob Schneider movie, The Animal. Okay, <laughs> so, all right. So they have that going for them. I uh, was it the um, original version of what's now a cover, the Maroon Five song "Animal." <laughs> <laughs> yes, they. My favorite band wrote "Animal." <laughs> 
yeah. Yep. That's what I wanted. That's what I wanted to put on the internet. Yep. It was that Animal was originally written by my favorite band. Uh, and my, like, I think, uh, I think it's interesting because when I say my favorite band, my definition of what the word favorite means has changed. Mm-hmm. So favorite to me used to mean they're who I think is the best band. Mm-hmm. But now it doesn't mean that. I don't yeah. think they're the best band with distance. And as I've grown up, I can see things that are like, oh, I can see why people wouldn't like this at all. Yeah, I absolutely agree yeah. that I would never associate what my favorite thing is with what I think the, the best, best thing is. is. Especially Sometimes they line up. Yeah, sometimes they do line up, especially, I'm thinking, like, uh, personally, like, restaurants. Like, a lot of my favorite restaurants, I think, are, like, the best version of that restaurant. But it's also, that's a pretty subjective thing. And culture is a pretty, like, pop culture is a pretty subjective thing. Like, yeah, and with, like, say, like, TV shows, if I were to say my favorite show is Breaking Bad, that'd be a good one that's, like, favorite to best. That's that's how I feel about Parks and Rec, too. Right. Yeah. That's a fair one, too, but, like, my favorite show in all of history is probably The Shield, but it's not the But you've told me far. about... Fun yeah, yeah, you told me not to watch The yeah, Shield. because you won't like it. <laughs> and I don't want to have, like... I don't want you to be like, why do you... And, like, me have to explain yeah, myself. That's fair. Uh, my favorite movie growing up was Big Daddy. Ugh. Lines up. Lines up. Lines uh, up. <laughs> I mean, that joke, uh, that movie is like half a Hooters commercial. Yeah. Good Don't point. go close to the frozen food <laughs> section. Your boobs will harden. I mean, I was always a big Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison fan. Those are, the, that's the top three Adam Sandler movies yeah. as far as I'm concerned. But my favorite movies have always been kind of the same-ish in that they were diehard Goodfellas. Pulp Fictions. Yeah. Because <laughs> your your favorite movies have been out since ninety five yeah. or before. Yeah, basically like ninety to ni- like yeah. eighty eight to ninety five killed it for me. I didn't even know it <laughs> <laughs> until like two thousand. It was great. Anyway, um, sorry. So yeah, so um so the rest of the overtones are um, they're kind of very small and local in Maine, mm-hmm. and they never had much uh, major label exposure, except when they did sign to a major label, mm. and they signed to, uh, it's, is it Clive, not Clive Owen, uh, who's, oh, who's the guy Clive that owned, Barker? Isn't that? No. That is Clive Barker. Mm-hmm. It's the guy who owned, like, Jive or Arista Records. Clive, he was, like... But there is a it's Clive, a Clive something. Music. It's not... I mean, we could easily look it up. Yeah. But it's definitely not Clive Owen. Welcome t- <laughs> to MBSing. It's like, mm, it's like one of those things. Should we look it up? <laughs> uh, you, so, uh, so they were kind of just this local main band that always, like, were locally loved. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, they had, like, a big following there. So, like, because at this lake place that Nate would take me to, one of the guys was from Maine, he has... Davis. Clive Davis, thank you. Uh, he had, uh, he had their records or CDs and, like, we would put them on the tapes and I would take them home. Cool. One year, once I finally got a CD player... <laughs> Uh, Wait, so your cassettes of Rustic Overtones were recorded from their CDs? From their, like, CDs, That's yeah. That's so funny. Uh, because I was, like, late to get CDs, too. And, like, one year for Christmas, my, like, big present was a CD player. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. the next year, I made my mom hunt down the Rustic Overtones CDs, uh, which were, like, she had to, like, order them. It, they were, like, impossible hard to, to find. find. Yeah, because they were on a tiny record label from Maine that didn't have any distribution. Yeah. Uh, 
so like when she got them, it was like this super special thing. It was amazing. And then I actually broke one of the CDs because I dropped a, uh, a like charger. Uh, like a, a I used to have this uh, AC wall adapter or whatever. Kind of, yeah. I used to have this adapter for a guitar pedal that oh. had like a big fat charger. Remember when like everything was bulky? Yeah. So like I unplugged it and then I was holding it in my hand and it fell out and it landed on the CD and crushed it into four pieces and oh, I was no. devastated because it was my favorite record of theirs, which is oh. called which is called Rooms by the Hour, and I know every m- moment of it. Do you Rooms like? Do you have records that like? You can, like, I don't even feel like I need to listen to that album again, because I can just play it in my head. Oh, like, yeah. I, uh, there are a couple. Like, mm-hmm. every note. Like, there are a couple. When I was a kid, I had a long bus ride to school. It was, like, 45 minutes. So, Rooms by the Hour would stay in my, like, Sony Discman for months. Yeah. It would never come out. So, it's, like, when all I had I a listen car, to. I would typically leave the same CD in well that's not quite true i had the same mix of songs for a long time a really really long mix because i had a um an uh you could plug a usb i had a uh aftermarket mm-hmm. um stereo so yeah. uh i you could plug a usb into it so i had like uh, a decent amount of music on it, yeah. so I just for a while that was what was in my car, and then eventually I was just like, I can't listen to this anymore. I've had it in ser- since high school. Some of this music is just flat out terrible. <laughs> so then in college, after that period, I would only keep one CD in my car for like a year. Yeah. So for like a year, it was We Sing, We Dance, We Steal Things, which is Jason Mraz's third album. Uh, for uh, over a year, probably it was the swell season. Okay. Uh, um, strict joy, and then for a good like six months, it was uh, no line on the horizon. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Have I ever to- get on your boots? <laughs> yeah, from boy to boots. Uh, have I ever told Getting you? Him on that, that is. <laughs> have I ever told you the stories of the car that I had in high school? I don't. I don't know that but I. But didn't we both have? Wasn't it an escort? It was a Ford escort. Yeah. I, the car that I am talking about that I had in college was... Uh, My, mine was, like, bright blue and, like, the color of the hoodie you're wearing. Oh, yeah, yeah, it yeah. awesome. Mine was purple. Uh, one Ew. one time when me and Nate were going up to the lake, see this connects, where I was driving my Escort and I was coming off, uh, coming down the on the off-ramp to get off the highway and go through the booth that would eventually... So we were, like, Ten minutes away, and it uh. had rained, and I hydroplaned, <gasps> went about twenty-five miles per hour directly into a guardrail, and just smashed up the side of the car. And me and Nate were like, "What? The, what the hell do we do?" And I was like, "I don't know. The car still works." Like, yeah. So we what dro- is there to we do? Drove to his cottage, and his parents were like already there, and so we like pulled up in this busted up car, and they were like. What, what happened? happened? And I went, oh, my brother wrecked it, but it still drives, so it's fine. So we just flat out lied to Nate's parents. Oh, really? Because you didn't want to tell them that you that, like, we just, just hydroplaned? I don't know why that yeah, made it like, better. Yeah, I was like, why? It's funny, because his father is also a pastor, so we were okay, lying to all a pastor. Right. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, I'm sure a lot of people have lied uh, to pastors in their lives. But that car ended up, like, 
everything stopped working in the car. <laughs> so the tape deck stopped working because it had a tape deck. So I duct taped a small stereo to the deck. Of course board. you did. Oh, and we God. ran a tape from a CD player into that. One of those, like, you know how you had the Converters? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the, the clock stopped working. It would only keep time when the car was on. So if the clock read, like, 8 o'clock and you got out of the car and, like, it went would to sleep. It would say that again. It when you, turned that's on. really funny. So we broke a Timex watch and duct taped it to the side <laughs> of the steering wheel. This car was oh, fucking awesome. God. <laughs> I, like, I love that you were like, yeah, you know how some people would have, like, disc mans in their car yeah. that you'd put the cassette in? Yeah, I just duct taped the whole stereo to my dashboard. <laughs> like, yeah. It was awesome. Was it, like, a big boombox? Um, it was, like, a small one that I bought at Walmart okay. for, like, 15 bucks. Yeah. So it was, I don't know why I did any For, of these like, things. the same price that you could have bought a disc man, yeah. probably. Yeah. Uh, it was great. Um, so the rustic over. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so I don't even know what the hell I was talking about with them. Um, you talked about how their favorite. Well, that was let me, also, let me kinda, your mom had to track down all their CDs because right. they were hard to find. Let me kind of start at the beginning with with kind of like the music album by album, and then sure. I'll, I'll tell you kind of my experience with them. So sure. when I first heard about them, I had I heard two albums of theirs. The first was called. Uh, Long Division, which is like their first proper album, and their second is called Rooms by the Hour. Rooms by the Hour, still to this day, is one of my favorite records of all time. It will be forever. I tried to tweet at them the other day that they needed to release it on vinyl for the like 20th anniversary, and I got a response. Well, that's to be expected, but like if that ever came out on vinyl, I would pay whatever I'd have to pay to buy it. Like, right. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, uh, so those were when I first heard them. Uh, those were the two albums that were out, and they were like were out for like the first couple years that I knew about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like I, I, that's when I started getting like really really into music and into these bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then th- they announced that they were coming out with a, another album, and like I don't have this anticipation for albums the way I used to. Yeah. Or, like especially now because you hear now like the standard thing that bands do, especially because everything leaks beforehand, is they release three songs right away. Yeah. Like Spoon did it and I was super pumped for their album. So you hear like a good third of the album before it even comes yeah. out. So it like ruins kind of the anticipation of getting a new C D and not hearing a note of it. Well it you also I mean? like I mean I feel like bands are forced to do that they because have to. of the nature of the yeah. way that stuff is consumed and released and leaked and uh, even like physically purchased, you know? Right. When's the last time you physically purchased something that wasn't an a al- vinyl? An al- a CD was des- des- <laughs> freshman year of college. So 2003. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. It's been yep. since then for me, <laughs> yeah. but... Nope. <laughs> 11 uh, years. I mean, Jesus yeah. Christ. I purchased, I've purchased a physical CD. Really? Yeah. Wow. I mean, I started buying yeah, vinyl in the time, but that's kind of a different. And uh, you were probably a beast. You're probably like all in the Napster. Cause, oh yeah, um, oh yeah. I mean, I download the shit out of everything. Napster, because uh, Morpheus. Oh yeah, uh, I vaguely remember that. Yeah. Uh, so those are the two albums that were out. Long Division is an interesting album because it's it's like super. Their sound isn't super refined. It's kind of all over the place. They have all these these uh influences some from like just normal rock music some from more jazzy stuff there's a little bit of like reggae stuff on it there's a little stuff that's almost ska but not really Mm -hmm. and then rooms by the hour is like 
all those things congealed and compressed into one sound that's theirs, and it's just fantastic. What do you feel like your music taste was leading up to that? Um, okay, so, so the first band I was ever into was Aerosmith. Yeah! <laughs> oh. I owned three of their cassettes, cassettes, Permanent Vacation, a lot of cassettes in my tech. Yeah. Permanent Vacation, Get a Grip, and Pump. So Yeah, so you only had like, what... Four years of actually buying CDs? Yeah. Three years? Yeah, not many. Uh, and then me and Nate, because Nate has always been kind of my, like, me and him have always, like, bounced music off each other. He's like, whenever I find new music, he was always the guy I went to whenever he found new stuff. Cute. He, he, I was the guy he went to. We started listening to... One of the first summers we started hanging out was when, the, like, the ska summer, where, like, the, the impression that I get came out from the Boston. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, Sell Out by Robert What Fish movie was, was that hit. in? Uh, the impression that I get, maybe a few. I mean, they were in the it movie. It was in Clueless. like every. That's what it is. And they, yeah. I don't think they played. They maybe played, that's what it is. They play. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Do you want me to tell you all the songs yes. they play? They. Oh God, I can't even remember. I think they played. I'll drink to that. Uh, well, no, they played Where Did He Go? Uh-huh. Uh, because that's the song I believe where Paul Rudd's dancing with Brittany Murphy. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so Paul Rudd's still alive. And- <laughs> 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 Boom, baby. Boom, baby. <laughs> um, and I and then they play. I think they played the third song. It doesn't matter. But yep. it was when like that got really big. Uh-huh. And so the rest of Overtone, we started kind of liking ska music, but only what was like the radio stuff that we heard. Sure. And rustic overtones were like sort of connected to that because they had horns so when oh, i heard horns that makes sense. i was like me like ska me like horns Those mm, ha- i like things these hands but, uh so it was kind of like that uh but they mm-hmm. kind of opened up this this like oh there's other things out there yeah you know what i mean like here's a band that i would have had no chance of ever hearing unless i befriended this kid who moved to my town in sixth grade, and he took me to this cottage that he had, where, where he was near this Maine guy were, from Maine, yeah, yeah. who we hung out with. Like I was like, oh, the chances of me finding this CD were so slim, and I love it so much that I need to go find these things Aww. and find a way to do it. Yeah. So that's one of the things they've kind of always represented for me, uh-huh. and like one of the things that I think. Because I had this, like, this kind of, like, this this precious thing that, to me, like, represented that you have to go find these things that you're interested in. Mm-hmm. There's so much out there for you to find that, like, uh, it kind of made, forced me to do that in kind of, in, like, everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not just music. That's but, awesome. Yeah. And I think it's weird how it had that entry point. But let's get back to because I want to talk about... Uh, their albums some more okay. <laughs> because I've got excited about them. Okay. So I Long knew those. Division. So Long Division was chronologically Rooms. Rooms by the Hour. By the Hour. They had another album before those two that's like that they made I think when they were really young maybe still in high school. I I couldn't find it anywhere. It was called Shish Boom Bam. Uh, it took me I didn't find it till I think maybe 2007 where I bought it on Amazon for $30 uh-huh. and I was so excited and I played it and it was awful. Oh. It was the worst. So bad. But it was like but it was like them as high schoolers. Yeah. So it was like they weren't. Of course it was good. It was the worst. Yeah. Uh but their first album that like was new that came out when I was a fan of theirs was an album called Viva Nueva. They had signed to Clive Owens record label. Not Clive Owens. (laughs) You said it again. 
I want it to be Clive. Clive Davis. Clive Davis's record. Label. What if Clive Owen moonlit, moonlighted as a, uh, a record, record exec? exec? Yeah, I'd probably be like really handsome and have a deep voice. He's still he uses those things. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> then like, cool. I'm down with it. I love it. That was the bit you went for. Was that that's what would make him handsome yeah. and have a deep voice? That's a handsome, deep voiced record executive. And kind of looks like about three other actors that I always get confused. I think Colin Firth. No, he's like evil Colin Firth. Mm, Cl- Clive Owen looks more like um, like Gerard Butler okay. and like uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan and uh, yeah. like Javier Bardem. I literally thought Javier Bardem and Jeffrey Dean Morgan look uh, exactly the I same. I think thing. all four of them yeah. just blend together well in my brain. Uh, so they had signed like almost... Oh, what did you think I was going to say when I said Jeffrey? Uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, no, right, we're going we're gonna to talk about serial killers. Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer, Clive Owen, uh, Gwen Stefani. What is this list? Uh, um, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Louis C. Everett Coop. Uh, anyway, yeah. their albums. <laughs> so, they were going to get this, uh, they, they signed to, to uh, Clive Owen's record label, though. I think it was John. I did again. Clive Davis. I wasn't sure. You said it so casually that I was like, there's no way there's he only, did that on purpose. There's only, there's only one Clive in my heart. Uh, so they Clive, signed to Clive Davis's Davis's, record Which I believe label. was Jive. That sounds right. Which was really big in, I think it was late 90s, maybe early 2000s-ish, because I think they had a couple boy bands. Oh. I think Backstreet Boys were on Jive. Yes. Because I remember... That being when I found out who Clive Davis was, right. because he was like he, he was like, like a found the Backstreet It was Boys. him and uh, the guy from Interscope, uh, Jimmy Iovine. Mm. They were like the two big like record labels that were like turning out like pop hits and, and like uh, making tons of money. And like Jermaine Dupri and <laughs> <laughs> that's a name that hasn't entered my brain in a decade. <laughs> Jermaine Dupri. And like, um, I mean, you gotta put you gotta put JD in the conversation. Um, uh, so it was like a big coup for them to get on it, and it was kind of like from. And I, I told you this before we started. That I didn't look up facts about them mm-hmm. because the things I remember that I used to say were true about them. I don't know if they are anymore. Oh. And like, uh, so it's in all this. Way? Kind of, uh, uh, so I believe they were like Clive. Davis's like pet project, oh. and he was like, "I've signed this band, and like nobody wanted him to sign them." Gotcha. And eventually, uh, the album got delayed and delayed, and it eventually came. They end, ended up selling it back to Tommy Boy Records, really, which was another pretty big record at the time. Uh, so it was I like something David where Spade like ever had any of those <laughs> side projects. It's, it's, the board was David Spade, Brian Dennehy, <laughs> Chris Farley. <laughs> Uh, I love me some Brian Dennehy. Uh, I have seen Brian Dennehy on stage at the Goodman. I saw him do that the too. The Iceman Cometh. I don't know if it was The Iceman Cometh, but I saw him at I the think Goodman. we've talked about this before. Have we? Yeah. Did we ever talk about the movies FX and FX2? I've never seen either of those. talk to Ben about those. What's up, Ryan? Ryan Ben, past guest of the show. So he, they were like his pet project, and he signed them... 
and like nobody wanted to sign them. And then they were going to play like a showcase for the record label. And they came out and just like played all the things that Clive Davis did not want them to play. Because oh. they have a very poppy side of them, but they also have a very like kind of experimental side of them. Uh, intentionally? Because yeah, they were just they, like, this is us. Basically, a fuck you to cool. this guy who was like, who, like, who was like the biggest. Uh, record executive. Cool, but time. also like but also career like, murder. Cool, but now no one gets to hear Aww. you. So like their album got delayed, and this was like a really cool album, and they worked with a lot of different people. Uh, David Bowie's on this album. Wow. They, yeah, Shit. like the story on the Viva Nueva. Nueva, and I don't know if this is true. When I heard this the first time, it was true no matter what to me. Yeah. But uh, but I don't know now. I hope it's true because it's an awesome story, and it's that they were recording at a record studio. And David Bowie happened to be there recording, like, in the Jason studio, heard them, and was like, let me, can I sing on this song? And no. They were, like, they were like, no. you could do yeah. anything. We would record it if you uh, were torturing us. So on this album, David Bowie's a guest on one song, Imogen Heap. Do you know Imogen yeah. Heap? Mm-hmm. Uh, she was a guest on another she song. Had, was Hide and Seek. Hide and Seek, yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's, like, the third time I've heard it. I hope it doesn't. Turn on there. Uh, and then who's the third? Funkmaster Flex Ooh, was on the song. Jermaine Dupree. Uh, Jermaine Dupree uh, co-wrote every single song. Uh, so it was this really, like, it could have been this, like, really watershed moment for them. And, like, a moment where they, uh, like, if they were going to have any mainstream success, this was when it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. But because they kind of gave a fuck you to the record label... And then, like, Jive went under, and, like, everything started, like, uh, kind of getting, like, everything started getting pushed back, their album got sold, and then it just kind of, like, like, rolled out with, like, no, uh, pop and circumstances. Tommy Tommy Boy, Boy, I think, eventually released it. Uh, but, like, I remember thinking it was gonna come out, and then, like, it didn't, and and it was back when, like, to find if albums had to come, came out, I had to, like, go to the record store and ask. There was, like, no way, like, for me to know. So I remember, like, asking someone, I was like, hey, this album's supposed to be out. And, like, he would, like, look through a book. Yeah, <laughs> and right. And was like, actually, no, that's not coming out for another six months. And I was like, what the no. fuck? Oh, that's uh, so disappointing. Uh, and then shortly after that, they completely broke up. Uh, and I was bummed and devastated and super... After it got... After, did it get released I think that, I don't know if... It did get released. Or, like, I don't know. Hush released? I don't know if they broke up before it got released or after, but it was, like, might as well have been at the same Aww. time. And that, like, really bummed me out. And the album... Understandably so. When I first heard it, I thought it was underwhelming, but then it, like, grew on me, and it might be one of my... Uh, it has some of my songs that are my favorite songs of theirs now. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> so... Uh, so, so yeah, so that happened, but that happens a lot with music. Like you hear something once and you don't love it, and then yeah, yeah, going. it definitely does. So it's just the three albums. So, um, no, the three. Oh. So, so uh, they they have got back together in the meantime, uh, but this didn't happen for years. Uh, I think I've told you this story before, but so I had these three albums. I loved them, and I was like, okay, that's all. This is ever going to be. This is that's the only. Fine. Oh, I think you have told yeah. me this story, but go, and then, go on. And then uh, this was back. I had graduated college, and I was living in Pittsburgh, uh, uh, and I was working at a school through AmeriCorps. And I remember thinking, I haven't Googled the Rustic Overtones in a long time. I wonder if 
they got back together. I thought this like in the middle of a day one day. Weird. And I went home and I googled them and they had recently gotten back together Weird. and released an album a couple months prior. And I was like, what the fuck? How did I miss this? I, and like, how did like I consciously like how did that Call thought come into, into my head? Yeah. And then like it was the weirdest but I like freaked out. I was living with uh, Nate at the time and, and, uh, and Ryan Ben was actually living in that house too. And I had gotten home, so I bought the album on iTunes, and I downloaded it, and then Nate came in, I was like, Nate, what is this? And I, like, played it, and he started listening, and he was like, oh my god. And he was, <laughs> I was like, it's new rustic overtimes. He was like, what? And we, like, slipped yeah. out and lost That's it. That's awesome. Uh, uh, then, the same year, and I was working at AmeriCorps, uh, working at school through AmeriCorps again, and I was talking to this dude who was one of the weirdest dudes I've ever met. His name was Stu. He, like, sort of taught music at this school, but I, I, I can't describe this guy properly and do his weirdness justice. Mm-hmm. He was a very good harmonica player, but he would tell you that at every possible moment, oh, and he always boy. had a harmonica on him. Oh, Like, the guy boy. could play a good... He could yeah. play them bones. Are they bones? Nope. <laughs> so we could play a harmonica. Yep. Uh, and but it was you like play them bones. What are like the bones? Trombones. Are the bones? Are the trombones bones? That's the only thing. Uh, maybe piano. Maybe tickling the ivories. <laughs> I've never heard harmonica played. Wait, the as bones. bones. Either whatever. A xylophone. Tinka 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 tinka. Yeah. Uh, he, I can straight play the bones, baby. Bones. Plink, plink, uh, plink, but he was plink. Just, he was just such a weird dude. But he and like I never had conversations with him because I was like, "Hey, Stu, you're a fucking weirdo." And yeah, then, like, like, I, walked I know the you way. can play the harmonica, yeah. but we get stop it. Stop telling me about There's it. There's got to be something else that you do. And he came up to me again, just like this is a conversation we would never have. And he was like, "Oh, what are you doing this weekend?" I was like, "I don't know, dude, nothing." And he was like, "Oh, I'm going to the arts festival." And he's, uh, every, told me this yeah, the Pitts- Pittsburgh would have this arts festival yeah. that was like a bunch of crappy paintings and kiosks of people selling jewelry they made in their basement. <laughs> and like some bands would play. And he was like, yeah, this band's playing. I heard they're pretty good. He was like, it's the rustic somethings. And I go like, what? And he goes like rustic. I don't know. I go the rustic overtones. He goes, yeah, that's it. And I was like, you're kidding me. And this was. It was happening that Friday night. And yeah. It was a Friday when he told me this. So I texted Nate. I was like, the rest of the are playing the art festival. And we were like, what the fuck? Yeah. So I like ran home and it was a free show because it's like the, the yeah, citywide yeah, yeah, art yeah. festival. Yeah. So we like. How close was that to when they're, when you found out they had released an album? A couple like months later. Yeah, I was going to say So it was it all within the same within year. Months. Yeah. And one of my biggest regrets was I never got to see them live because they don't play anywhere. <laughs> they yeah. play in Vermont and Massachusetts and Connecticut and that's it. Yeah. Uh, and they still do that to this day. It's, it sucks. It drives me crazy. Uh, but I did get to see them live because we like freaked out and like ran to the show and we got to, it was weird because it was like daytime. So, but, and everyone was in chairs Yeah. (laughs) and we sat in the front row and it was like us and maybe like five other people who knew what they were, actual fans. but it was like still to this day, one of my favorite concerts I've ever seen because it was songs that I had loved for years and like with no hope of ever seeing them live, uh, and then, like, I got to, like, without having any prep, yeah, I got to see them. It was, like, the bet, like, it'd be like if you didn't know where Christmas was, and all of a sudden it was happening. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, a presents. similar thing, like, 
<laughs> uh, similar thing happened to me with Jason Mraz when yeah. I was in college. We found out he was doing a show at Converse, which was a woman's college that was like 30 minutes away from sure. where we went to school. I think it was, I was already in college. Maybe I was still in high school. Um, why are you laughing? I uh, just shoe jokes. Oh, oh, <laughs> gotcha. Uh, <laughs> the, new, the new way to make jokes is not even to make the joke, but it's just, just to say what, just, just <laughs> jokes about shoes. Oh. Oh, jokes about shoes, because you said Converse. Converse. <laughs> um, but he was doing this show at Converse, which was like a 700-student women's college, yeah. probably. And he wasn't that known at that point, so it couldn't have been too... It has to have been either late high school or early college. Uh, because he, I think it was right after he had released his second album, which he def had a little bit of a sophomore slump, which is an uphill battle. <laughs> Someone said that ain't my scene because you need a new song. It's a new, it's uh, wordplay. Oh sure, uh, well the mystery, yeah, the mystery it's disease the song wordplay. Um, because his first hit was the remedy, right? Yes, which was off of his first it's album. Da- I believe that's a dangerous liaison. <laughs> uh, well, the comedy is that it's serious. It's a it's a strange enough new play on words. Word. It's, okay. Uh, anyway, he was doing this show, and we're like, how, it was in Spartanburg, which is really close to yeah. Greenville. And I was just like, how is this happening? Right. Like, he is my favorite musician, mm-hmm. and, or was at the time. It was for a long time, I should say. Um, and he's playing down the road from us at a 700-student college. So we got there. I think we bought the yeah. tickets for, like, 10 or 15 bucks. We got there and we're like right in front of the stage, but the whole crowd was like a couple hundred people. Right. And at the end of the show, he took a bunch of Polaroids of everyone in his band and threw them into the audience. That's awesome. So I have a Polaroid of his, of his like right hand man. Uh, oh God. Toka Rivera is his name, and he is, like, this that's, big dude with, like, a bunch of dreads. That's literally a, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles bad guy. Toka Rivera? <laughs> it sounds like one. Toka oh, Rivera. Oh, 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 um, you, you said literally. Yeah, and I meant it in the way that it's not it the right word, use of the word. <laughs> Um, but when I picked, but it like fell and I like scrambled and I was like, yes, um, it was just the best. Like I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I, I mean, something like that where it comes out of nowhere, you're not, ex- you're not even looking, you don't even have time to anticipate it. Yeah. It's just the coolest feeling. Cause like you only get to process like joy and like the determination to experience that joy as much as possible because <laughs> yeah. like i drove home and i was like we have to go we have to go right now let's go let's go how are we gonna like and it was in downtown pittsburgh which is like not a place you go yeah to like do anything but like go to your business work <laughs> uh, <laughs> and even then like, like boy. Yeah, like, uh, so like we figured out drove uh and, and it was great and it was like and like it was so weird because I watched all these people just like kind of confused by what they were seeing Uh just like what is this and like me and Nate and our other buddy uh, Matt were just like loving it and rocking out there was like five other people who knew what they were and it was like I never thought I was ever going to get to see these people Mm -hmm. in the flesh 
And because it was kind of pre-internet days, there's only so much information about them that existed and, like, only so much that I could consume. Mm -hmm. So I, like, read all the booklets to the CDs a bunch of times. Yeah. uh, Used to know all the lyrics. But but there's... So they were, like, kind of like this mystery. And then then here I am, five feet away from them, and it would, like, just blew my mind. And it was, like, one of... it, It... I can barely even remember any of the songs they played and what they sounded like, except for one. And uh, it's a song called History Crush, because the ending is basically the Saturday Night Live goodbye. That's <laughs> It's really like funny. this weird kind of rock song, and then it devolves, and then, like, the coda to the song is like a three-minute, like, SNL jam like, with a crazy sax solo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I always loved it. Uh, and, like, they played it, and I was like... If I, and I had always said to myself, like, if there was one song I could pick to see live, it would be that song. And I got to see it. So I was like, I was like, I never need to see another concert again because I got the one concert experience uh, I wanted so badly. And then since then, they've gone to, like, kind of have, like, a second wave of their career, which, like, hasn't been as good. (laughs) But that's a, but, like, the albums haven't been as good. Yeah. Um, Their last album had, like, two songs that were probably my favorite that they've released since they've got back together which is good but how like, many have they released so before they before they broke up it was shish boom bam yes that which is the terrible Bad. high school album long division which is very kind of raw not congeal album uh rooms by the hour which is one of my favorite albums of all time i love it um viva nueva which was like their major label debut that was also kind of a fuck you that got slowly uh, pushed away and mm-hmm. like brushed off. Um, they broke up. Then they released uh, an album called Light at the End, which was mostly unrecorded and B-side stuff uh, that they had never recorded, but that was like uh, when they came back. Then they released an album called uh, The New Way Out, which was uneven, but like because it was fully new material, I loved it. Sure. And then they've released two albums called Let's Start a Cult, Part 1 and Part 2, which are like weirdly concepty. Uh, but they've lost kind of they lost the main driving forces behind the band have always been Dave Gutter who's a guitarist singer songwriter um, a guy named Spencer Albee who was the keyboardist and the drummer the keyboardist and drummer are now gone oh. so it's like drastically changed the band so it's just Dave Gutter it's just Dave and a bunch of other people oh. I believe uh, but like but maybe another like one other is there like a bassist or something that's I still think the, the bassist is still there I can't remember his name his name's like John Rhodes or something John I, Rhodes was the name of my band director in maybe he's the same guy whoa, whoa. I was doing the Wayne's World dream sequence <laughs> <laughs> or the anything. Oh, 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 I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, but weirdly, though, I haven't thought about John Rhodes in a while, and then I quoted him. Uh, I told a story because um, when we were in LA, uh, I was talking. We talked a lot about like how different the like community and like culture is uh, from Chicago. Um, uh, I mean, specifically where like our groups of friends are concerned. But I was talking to um, Nick and his girlfriend Chelsea, and uh, told them a story that my band director told me mm-hmm. when I told him I was planning on moving to Chicago because I like went to visit him in Lancaster like right before I moved because mm-hmm. I was there and I was like you know just making rounds for old friends and things like that. And uh, his, and when he found out I was going, he was like, "Who?" like like stay warm kind of thing and he said he used to have a really good friend who was from Chicago 
and uh, he's and he like either went to visit him or like spent some time there. So I can't remember exactly. And he said, "Man, how do you make it through these winters?" And he was like. I drink. (laughs) And I, because that's what I started talking about. It was that, like, it, uh, Chicago winners do feel like you have to, like, bundle up, go to a bar, and then just get slammed to forget about how cold it is. Blackout and then be home. Yeah. I wasn't even outside. I don't even remember. I don't remember being cold on the way home. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. Um, You said John Rhodes. John Rhodes, yeah. So, but, okay, so, like, the biggest thing I feel like, aside from a uh, handful of albums I love to death, um, and I kind of started talking about Is it about just, were those the last two they released? The, yeah, um, yeah, let's, let's start a call, call one, one and two. two. Which one had the two songs that you like the most? Two, let's start a car, call part two. They sound, these two sounds sound most like stuff from Rooms by the Hour, which is why I like it so much. I should give you a list of songs to, like, play, but, uh... Uh, so one of the things I always kind of took for them was, like I said before, that like that way to kind of like find things that I like and not just wait for like turn on at the time just like what's on MTV. Or, you yeah. know what I mean? Uh, so now it's interesting because there 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 will never be a point in my life where they release a new album and I won't immediately listen to it, no matter how good or bad I feel about their previous albums. And there and I feel like. That's the same for certain comedians, certain mm-hmm. filmmakers. Uh, y- you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there, there are people that, like, I am a lifetime fan no matter what. Yeah. And yeah. you could do, you could really, like, they could release garbage albums for the next three albums. It could be them, like, screaming and, like, nothing but that. But I'd still be like, hey, there's a new one coming out. Let's check it out. You know what I mean? <laughs> Man. It's uh, loyalty. Yeah, but, but, like, they've given, to me, they've given me so much uh, enjoyment, and I know how the capacity they have to make things that I feel are great, Mm -hmm. that I could never leave any stone of theirs unturned. Do you have that? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, I totally get that. Like, someone for you, maybe, like, Michael Schur, or, like, uh... Oh, yeah, I'll watch any show Mike Schur like from now on. Like, anything those people make, you'll check it out. Yeah, I was just thinking about, like, in talking about it, it didn't make me think of people that I would never give up on. It made me think of people that I never thought I would give up on. But now I feel like I kind of have. I don't know. The first... mm, I wouldn't say I've given up on him, but... The, one of the first people I thought of was Paul Thomas Anderson. Oh, sure. Because I saw the master and I was like, I don't understand this. Like, I don't get <laughs> no, it. I don't and know. I've only heard the inherent vices even harder yeah. to understand. And it makes me not want to see that movie. Yeah. Like, I want to, like, I used to say he was one of my favorite directors. I still think he probably <laughs> is, but. <laughs> I feel like here's what I'm going to do with Paul Thomas Anderson because I have the same thing. I. Uh, Magnolia is an amazing movie. It's so good. I like Boogie Nights a lot. Me too. I thought There Will Be Blood was great. I never finished The Master, and I feel like anytime he releases a movie, I'm just gonna be like, I gotta see The Master first. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just you never to gonna see that. Every anything time Inherit Vice comes up, you I'm have like, to I gotta say see that. The Master first. Mm, I gotta see The Master, uh, and then I'll say, mm, I didn't really get it. We don't have to watch yeah. Inherit Vice. <laughs> like, I feel like we've had that conversation two yeah. or three times. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I gave, I definitely gave up on Weezer. 
but that's oh, pretty well documented I, by lots of other most people. Most people have given uh, up on Still love uh, the Blue, Blue and Pinkerton. They're still great, no yeah. matter what. But I don't really give a shit about them anymore. Hey, what's with these homies dissing my girl, you know? <laughs> Why do they got a friend? <laughs> yeah. Do Lou Lou. I love that you said that like it was part of the lyrics. Yeah. Do Lou Lou. What do we um, I can't so think of anyone else that I've really given up on. Uh, there's gotta be, I mean, Aerosmith. There are plenty of, like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Full circle. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I can't, I, I can't, but, like, I'm that kind of loyal to the people that I love. Like, I'll still listen to Real Big Fish albums when I come out, but, like, there's no connection there anymore. Those guys are perpetually 14. Yeah, <laughs> uh, sure. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> Good. Nick was playing Real Big Fish all weekend. Oh, yeah. Just like, we listened to a lot of <laughs> The Real one Big time Fish. he was here, we got drunk, we put on, turned yes. the radio off, and it was amazing. Yeah, well, for me and, it and, was amazing for you, too. Yeah. So it and was everyone amazing. else that was here was like, cool. Let's stop this, please. <laughs> uh, but. Well, it wouldn't have been so bad if you were both, if you didn't both love it so much that you were both singing every so word. So, like, yeah, the only thing that was, ha- like, nothing else could happen but us singing the words exactly, at each other. Yeah. Exactly. I understand your frustration, Which is like, but I don't apologize. Oh, and I don't expect you to, because I know that both of you enjoyed that so much that I was willing oh, to just great. be like, cool, I'll uh, do something else that isn't this. <laughs> uh, but then, so, do you have, like, I don't know your connection with music and stuff, but, like, I feel like a lot of the ways I seek out, like, movies and other music and, like, books and, like, just information in general is all kind of, uh, kind of influenced by the fact that, like, one time someone who I didn't know gave me this thing that I didn't know existed. So now my brain goes, like, oh, shit, what else am I missing? Yeah. Or what else is out there that I don't know? And I feel like that's just so much easier to do now. It's infinitely easier. And, like, I don't want to be, like, the old coot or crank that's like, it's better when it was harder. Crank? Crank? Yeah, like the a old, crank. The old crank? The old crank. Is that a thing? Isn't it? Like, I'm a crank? I'm a cranky guy? Oh, mm, uh, I mean, cranky. You wouldn't say he's a crank? I wouldn't say that, okay. unless I were maybe British. <laughs> what a crank! <laughs> yeah! It's like what a, a crank! Like a crusty wanker? Uh, well, of course you ain't got. But I would think of crank as like a I, slang well, term for. I think of g- crack. Oh, sh- oh, like doing crank in a box yeah, car. It, well, it definitely is that. Okay, cool. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, I would think of Clint Eastwood in the Get Off My Lawn movie. I would think of Clint Eastwood in Gran, Turi- Gran, Gran Torino as <laughs> Why does this movie exist? Yeah. I hate you forever. Yeah, that's when I say crank. I mean. <laughs> Clint Eastwood. <laughs> oh, Vin, please don't compare yourself to that. No. Unless it's to say, I am the farthest from being this person as I could be. <laughs> yes, I am pretty far from Clint Eastwood. But uh, but not to be the guy that's like, it's better when it was harder. But yeah. it was like, there was a certain fun uh, to find, to like digging through stuff and finding stuff. And then finding something that you actually loved and have, like, this is a thing that's mine. Yeah. But, like, I had to find, like, th- there wasn't like a link to a YouTube video or like a SoundCloud file or like. Sure. Uh, and it's certainly way better now that there's just so much more available and it's, uh, uh, but I, I feel like without that, without having to do that and experiencing the, like, the fun and joy that it brought me, mm-hmm. I don't know 
what kind of stuff I would have tried to consume. Like, if I would have just only taken what was directly yeah. delivered to me. Sure. Do you know what I mean? And I, I totally get it. I, I don't know if I ever had that moment with music. Um, my uh, my friend Chris, um, in who's, like, my best friend in my uh, early high school years, um, and remained for a long time, um, he introdu- he was like, I think you would, like waiting for my rocket to come by Jason Brass. Like, I think you would like this. Right. And I listened to it and I was like, fuck, this is like the best CD I've ever heard. And, uh, <laughs> so like, that was like my music, uh, thing. But like, it was weird with music. I don't think it ever made, I don't think that ever made me be like, what else can I listen to? That's like this. But I definitely had that moment with movies because my friend Nehru from my later years in high school, um, when we were camp counselors together was like the first person that I had really hung out with on a regular basis who was like more critical about movies than all of my Mm -hmm. other friends were and started like kind of talking to me about like specific directors and like, like, critically acclaimed movies versus just like whatever blockbuster garbage Mm -hmm. that was like coming out into theaters and that summer when I was there for three weeks uh, I remember so specifically going to see Transformers and Ratatouille in a dollar theater in Hartsville, South Carolina (laughs) with him uh, and another guy Josh who was also like could tend to be a little bit yeah. more of a movie slob, and I think I've talked about movie slob. Movies, no, didn't oh, I, I heard movie slob. Oh no, 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 movie snob, which is a great term uh, that doesn't have a definition. <laughs> Slobs and snobs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think I've specifically talked about this moment before on the podcast, but I don't give a fuck. Yeah, but like I, you, I went to see them, and I we saw Transformers first, and I was like actually looking forward to it going into it because I like Transformers a lot. Right. I li- At the time, like Shia LaBeouf a lot. My <laughs> brother had told me that he loved it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And I saw it and I was like, that was terrible. <laughs> like, it was one of the first movies that I had actually had anticipation for, watched, and didn't like. Yeah. Honestly. It, it truly was. And, uh, and then... We saw Ratatouille, and I was like, granted, in a dollar theater, and it was very hot. Yeah. But I was underwhelmed. I had high expectations. I loved pretty much every... I mean, because that was... I'm trying... I think I had absolutely loved every Pixar movie that had led up to that. Like, the Toy Story movies were some... Mm -hmm. Two of my favorite movies. Like, still are. Like, I love the first two Toy Story movies specifically. The third one is good, too. But, like, I just always return to them. (laughs) I had a very bad experience with seeing Toy Story 2. Oh, really? It was just an angsty, like, high school. a bad experience. I had a bad time. It was basically, like, I had a group of friends, and, like, this was at the time where everyone was, like, partnering up with the girls. Oh, yeah. And so whenever people would go out, I would would come, and then there'd always be, like, some extra straggler girl. And we, like, didn't like each other, so we were just there to be like because nobody could really go on dates so one night yeah. they like dragged me to see Toy Story 2 and the whole night I was guys like guys I don't want to fucking see Toy Story 2 why the fuck am I and like I was just yeah. super bitter about it because so, like, it's a great movie <sighs> um so but but it was similar though like yeah. I saw Ratatouille and I was like that was underwhelming I did not like that as much as I thought I would and then a, a few months later 
or within the the next couple months because uh, school started back for sure. I went to mm, maybe I was back in Greenville, but school hadn't started back yet. Not important. I went to see Kung Fu Panda sure. with two other friends, and I was like, "This movie is awesome!" Like, so it was I was like, "It's not that I don't like animated yeah. movies anymore because I like convinced myself I'm a movie snob right. and also a movie slob." <laughs> and also, granted, I've been telling myself for years that I actually need to revisit Ratatouille because I still haven't seen it again since that oh, day. Yeah? yeah, so maybe one day we'll like double feature the master and ratatouille (laughs) two more different movies but i I like i was thinking about it today and i was wondering like is is it better it's got to be better now that more things are available i i think it has to be there's just no way where that's the only thing that that really started I, i realized both of those were like negative things but i only tell that story to say that it started my like the thing you're talking about, where that's when I started seeking out great yeah. movies. I was just like, what are the things I should be watching? Because both of these things I thought that were going to be good underwhelmed me. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I I didn't walk out of Ratatouille saying, like, that's the worst piece of shit I've yeah. ever seen. But I was just like, oh. What is the worst I thought movie this was, you've ever seen? Oof. Could you name it? I used to have a really good answer for this, and because you put me on the spot, I feel like I'm yeah. not going to be able to. I, I, I don't know if I have an answer for this because I was I was trying to think of it too. Uh, I used to I always used to say it was Record Room for a Dream, but that <laughs> probably doesn't count. I just hated that movie. Yeah, uh, I mean, Gran Torino is genuinely <laughs> one of the worst movies. Uh, I, I I feel like it's one of the worst movies uh, I've ever watched. I'm trying to think of movies that I like, especially make for it how through. good it was supposedly like. It was Oscar nominated. None of the I acting just, is good. Yeah. The script is not good. Like everything about it makes Get me angry. Off my uh, yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, you don't have to like Grand Tour now. <laughs> I can't think of what. The worst I can't think mo- of what I would consider the worst movie I've ever seen. Uh, so I'm trying to think of movies I've turned off recently. The Interview. Oh yeah, the Interview was very yeah. bad. We tried to watch the Interview the other night. Nope. And we got like thirty to forty five minutes and- into it. It was so funny because you said it first, and yeah. I had wanted to say it. And That's like, really funny. And I could feel you go- not liking it. Well, neither one of us were laughing very nope. much. Everything that was going for a laugh, we weren't really Wasn't laughing funny. at. And, like, it was just not Every good. once in a while, we were, like, chuckling. Yeah. But I could... I was like, I don't like this. There's no way he does. Yeah. Like, and I was just like... 45 minutes in, if you've seen the movie, it's when they're trying to get another thing of poison. Yeah, and eventually it's going to go up his butt, is the joke, because they put it in the trailer. Oh. They have to, like, stick that thing up. To, oh, so it's, like... Yeah. So it's, so, like, like, really, like, jokes that have never the, been done like, before. They lost the, first thing of poison. Yeah. <laughs> Very groundbreaking. Yeah. They lost the first thing of poison, and now they have to get another thing of poison. Or it's ricin, of yeah. course. They used ricin, because right. they're, like, Break- yeah, Breaking Bad made ricin... Uh, but now I'll put up my butt. Specific poison. Uh, um, but, but, uh, yeah, watching that scene, I was just like, I'm done, man. Yeah. I can check out of this movie and not and regret feel it okay at all. About it. I liked the first scene, and then... What was the first scene? It was the Eminem interview oh, yeah, yeah. comes that was, out. That was pretty good, yeah. That was okay. I had no problems with It was that. at least interesting. It was a yeah. really interesting hook yeah. into the movie, into that character. Yeah. But, yeah. And, and then I feel like when you actually meet the character, it doesn't really live up to yeah. the expectation of him being, like, this big, yeah. you know, talk show host who, like, gets people to 
who does interviews with people where they like admit yeah. things they never he's would have He's just kind of before. like a clown and everything he's that a, happens to him is by accident. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not really uh, super interesting. Is that maybe... Do you think it's partially because like it would be more interesting to see him actually be good at it? I don't know. Maybe that's probably. just me. I think I just... I don't love comedic James Franco anyway. Yeah, so. comedy James Franco, not the best James Franco. I will leave it and not take it. I would uh, rather watch the person in that movie who is good at comedy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's like, so, back to that point about, like, finding things that aren't there. It's like how, like, whenever the Oscars come out, I'm always pumped to see what's nominated for, like, Best Picture. Yeah. But then, like, I'm also almost equally pumped to when people were like, here, here are my favorite movies of the year that weren't nominated for everything. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, I love those here's lists. a whole treasure trove of things that could be amazing. I love those lists. Uh, I've seen Blue Ruin come up on a lot of those lists, and I, so I still have to watch it. Blue Ruin's real, real I good. haven't seen it, because you watched it without me. <laughs> was that before? <laughs> Probably. Okay. Yeah, I think it was. I was just... I don't think that's a movie I'm watching if I'm generally happy with how my life's going. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I don't, I, I wonder, like, but it doesn't, I know that like intellectually it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how you find something so long as you find it and you yeah. love it. Whatever your relationship is to that thing, yeah. that's all that matters. That's a really good but, point. But like in college, especially I would dig for music all the time. Cause like college was like, you another... wanted to like things that other people didn't or, I mean, I would not deny that I didn't have a little bit of that, but I, but at its heart, it's never been that for me. Yeah, I uh, had a really good friend in high school who was very good about finding indie bands that he loved mm-hmm. and like indie songs that he loved and indie movies that he loved. But every time someone else would like it, yeah, he would get really angry yeah. and would just be like, "No, it was mine!" And I was like, "How is it not a good thing that someone else likes the thing you like?" Uh, I, I that's a conversation about the rustic overtones that me and Nate had once in high school and uh, he was like man I just don't understand why more people don't like this band or haven't heard this band and I remember going yeah but I also don't care yeah because more people liking this band won't make me like them any more or less yeah because what I like about them is what I hear in my ears yeah and nobody can nobody else can change what that is so that's what it's always gonna be like definitely in college I got the like oh I like the most I'll find like the most obscure bands but the ones I like because they were obscure those all fell away yeah and the ones that stuck with me are ones I like legitimately like but still Mm -hmm. found through those avenues yeah and if I don't go down uh, I think I think not to shit on somebody who I'm not who I don't really know but I remember somebody who was playing uh in a band with another guy and I was and he was telling me what this guy's influences were and he was like yeah he just seems to really like John Mayer Mm. it's like okay you can like John Mayer that's fine but if you're a musician and your primary influence is John Mayer and nothing else that's weird you need to go way deeper yeah that's weird and like even John Mayer would say my primary influences are some blues guy nobody's ever heard of of course and it's and it's like so I, I don't know. I don't want to sound snobbish or slobbish. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, you can kind of always tell with, like, how deep people are willing to go down whatever... Slobbish. I just want to sound like a slob. Uh, down whatever rabbit hole of interest that they're in. Yeah. Like, that's a good point. Uh, or even... Or even not necessarily, like, down the rabbit hole, but at least, like, a breadth. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like you said, like... 
only saying John Mayer, but yeah. at least say like I don't know John Mayer, like the Edge. I don't know. Yeah. Say like Fedge. Fedge. <laughs> say like. What, a, do you know all the members? Of the oh, uh, Fedge. Fedge. Uh, Larry. Mullen. Larry Mullen's senior son. Right, 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 um, right. Adam Clay, two thousand pounds. pounds. <laughs> I, and I believe Bonobos. 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 <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> that was for us. <laughs> and maybe for you, but mostly for us. <laughs> um, uh... <laughs> I feel like there's way... M- I mean, naturally, there are a lot more for us moments on the episodes of, with the people that I know better. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like it's an asshole-ish kind of th- and judgmental thing to say, but it's like, you can, you can always tell when you start talking about someone who goes, oh, and I, lo- I love Thing X. And it's like, oh, what are your favorites of that thing? Yeah. And like, I love comedy. Like, oh, who's your favorite comedian? And if it's like... Uh, Brian Regan, Jim Gaffigan. Even Brian Regan's interesting. I would argue that as funny as Jim Gaffigan is, Jim Gaffigan's a very like surface level comedian. That's kind of the people I was going for. Yeah, was yeah. like Brian Regan is hilarious. Yeah. Jim Gaffigan is hilarious. I wasn't trying to take anything away from right. those guys, but they're like the two most touring, Pop- yeah, popular, popular comedians. Period. So, so it's like you can always it's always telling. I feel like that. To, what were you? What would you have said? Who are or are like surface? If you answered teams? that, if you asked that question, and someone answered like the John Mayer equivalent, uh, I think right now, in, and even though I don't, I'm not necessarily gonna say I don't think these guys are funny, but I think like someone like Kevin Hart, who's oh. like kind of super popular right now, Soups, but it was really yeah. funny. But like Dane Cook would have been a big one back sure. in the '80s. Like I love comedy. I'm a big Dane Cook fan. Oh, what other stand-ups are you interested in? Nothing else. Like yeah. Uh, I still stand by that Heartful of Swallow. It's very funny. Oh, yeah. I laughed at Dane Cook. Okay. I laugh at Kevin Hart. But, like, Russell Peters is an interesting guy. Oh, I don't know. I don't think I know one. a Russell Peters fan. But he's huge. I did in world. high school. Because uh, I went to high school with a bunch of Indian people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Like, it's Why like, that's... I don't know. I was just like, you want Russell Peters fans? Look for the people that he's making jokes for. Like, seriously, though, it's like, you just don't know that many people in his demographic uh and like music now it's like the stuff it's the same way that most people don't know jeff dunham fans but like i know a bunch because they're my going, family someone's going to their shows <laughs> right anyway I know sorry a bunch because they're my family <laughs> uh but i do think that like the people who who have those like those the the depth of of knowledge or taste about these certain things there's like there has to be some sort of entry point mm-hmm. you know what i mean at least and that's what it was like for me and that's one of the reasons i uh like that's the my appreciation for the rustic overtones now i still love their music um their more recent stuff less so but like i've realized kind of with distance that they allowed me to like to 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 like they they encouraged me to go like explore. That's great. And I love that. Yeah, and that's one of the things that like I think now, especially thinking about it uh, in preparation for this in that respect, uh, makes me love them more in a different Aww. way. You know what I mean? Yeah, because it's not necessarily something you would have consciously yeah. thought about. 
Because if I sat here and told you about how awesome the chord changes in Feast or Famine were, you'd right. be like, what the fuck are we talking about, dude? Right. Uh, that song is my favorite organ solo of all time. We could do that version of the conversation. What are, so, what are some of your favorite songs right. of theirs? Because we... Uh, so let me believe, tell you... We, believe it or not, we've been recording for yeah. a little over an hour. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I thought time might have stopped at this point. <laughs> 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 um, but I would love to hear what some of your specific cool. favorite songs are because so, we haven't talked about that much. What's so, the one that you said as the SNL ending? Uh, that song is called. That's a song called History Crush History off of Rooms by the Hour. That's right. So if you are a Spotify person, go on Spotify, search for the Rustic Overtones. Uh, you could find every album but Viva Nueva because the rights to Viva Nueva are owned by Tommy Boy and they're nowhere. <laughs> Interesting. You, um, I think you might be able to buy it on iTunes. You can definitely, if you ever used Groove Shark, yep. it's on Groove Shark. Okay. Because uh, that's like user uploaded stuff. Uh, but pretty much all their other stuff you can Even find on Spotify. Even the high school one? Um, no, that oh. rightfully doesn't exist anywhere. <laughs> um, uh, things of, oh man, I spent $30 when I was a poor kid Aww. doing uh, such a disappointment. But it's okay, because I still love them. Yeah, that so, was like, what, five hours at Quiznos? <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something about Quiznos. <laughs> uh, uh, so, so, I'll start with Rooms, because I don't really listen to Long Division anymore. Um, the title track from that album, the titular uh, Long Division. The eponymous. No, the titular. Uh, song Long Division is probably my favorite song off that album. Um but it's kind of loosey-goosey and a little bit embarrassing, that most of that album. Um, every once in a while, they'd be wrongfully compared to Dave Matthews. Oh. Because they had saxophones, and because the lead singer sort of sounds like Dave Matthews, and a lot looks like Dave Matthews. Uh, I com- uh, you were playing Rustic Overtones when I was like, oh, this kind of sounds like Dispatch. Yeah, right? yeah, you said that. I, that's, uh, but, uh, that's better than Dave Matthews. Uh, but... So, Long Division off of Long Division. Listen to the entire Rooms by the Hour album, because it's my favorite, but the highlights of that album are the first song, Feast or Famine, the fourth song, uh, Hardest Way Possible, which was the song from the uh, Animal Soundtrack. Gotcha. Um, History Crushes on that album. There's a song called Sugarcoat that's on that album. Uh, that's great. There's a song called Iron Boots, which is one of my favorites of theirs. Iron Boots. Aluminum Wings. I just can't stop running into things. I don't know what their lyrics mean. <laughs> uh, uh, Wait, um, Iron Boots, Aluminum Wings? Is that a Zelda reference? Um, I have no idea. It might be. But that's the lyrics of the Isn't song. Iron Boots a Zelda thing? Maybe. I never played a lot of Zelda. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, somebody listening to this one. I'm sure so. Have you done Zelda yet? No, and I'm kind of surprised. Yeah. I'm surprised no one's done Zelda. I'm surprised no one's done Game of Thrones. Yeah. I'm surprised no one's done, uh, uh, Doctor Who. Yeah. That's another big, like, nerdy one that I'm surprised no one's yeah. done. <laughs> I have a weird, like, intolerance for, like, things that, that like, the nerdy things that I didn't get into. Uh-huh. I remember once I was walking, this is when I worked downtown and working at the Chicago Theater, and there was, like, a symphony that was doing the Zelda soundtrack, and I, I walked by it, and I saw, like, this line of people dressed up, like, as Link, and I just went, like, ugh, like that. Even and though, I was like, yeah, why? No, why would I do that? No reason, yeah. Uh, I did that at the premiere of A Midnight of Batman Begins. And I've admittedly never been the hugest Batman fan. Yeah, I was going to say, you have Uh, a a little chip about Batman. But, uh, (laughs) like, a guy walked in dressed as Batman to the theater, and everyone, like, started clapping. And I just looked at my friend, and I was like, 
but we all like Batman. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're here. It's midnight. We're yeah. all here. What are, that, we, I, what are we trying to prove? I remember that's your chip is that yeah. like people who like, you think people who like Batman think they're like the only person who loves Batman. I, yeah. I, yes. Peep, yes. I, I, that's exactly the way I see it. Uh, oh man, I love Batman. Yes, you and literally everybody. Else. Those <laughs> movies make billions of dollars twice. Like, <laughs> stop it. Um, uh, uh, anyway. Okay, so Feast. Feast or Famine, Off Rooms by the Hour, uh, Hardest Way Possible, Sugar Coat, um, Iron Boots. Um, did I say History Crush? I think I did. Yes. Um, Pink Elephant, which is, I believe it's called Pink Elephant. Pink Elephant's on Parade? Uh, uh, Bulls on Parade? Pink Elephants on Parade. What's Pink Elephants on Parade? It's Winnie the Pooh. Oh, uh, Bulls on Parade is Raging Against the Machine. Oh. I mean, same. Same. <laughs> um, and then Viva Nueva. Um, uh, Hitman is my favorite song off that album. Uh, so great. Uh, song called Boys and Girls, which is like a weird spacey funk song. Sector Z features features David Bowie. Gas on Skin is great. Um, I can't remember the name of that song right now. It's going to drive me. Um, Crash Landing is a song I was thinking of. Is another one off Even Away, but that's great. Um, Smoke is the one featuring Fuckmaster Flex. Uh, um, all these songs are great. Um, I would recommend if you wanted to understand this band and, and the reasons why I love them, listen to Rooms by the Hour just front to back. It starts off super calm and loungy. Sometimes they get into like sort of rappy lyrics, Ooh. which is like when I hear it now, I cringe a little bit more than I yeah. used to. Uh, but uh, there are definitely more positives than negatives, and that is one of my favorite albums of all time, and it will never cease to be that. And I can I could play it in my head automatically, and it will be with me as a music thing that I listen to like every so often until the day I die. Like, there's just mm-hmm. no way I'll ever forget or, like, go, like, I haven't listened to Rooms by the Hour in, like, a year. Like, that'll never happen. No. Uh, okay. What do you think your... Uh, I know we've talked about this a decent amount, but yeah. how how do you think your love of thoracic overtones has influenced your life, both creatively and in general? Um, I think... Um, creatively I would say um, one of the things they I always liked about them is they had a lot of varying elements Um, like just being a rock band with horns first of all sure and like not having the standard like sax trumpet trombone it was it was a baritone sax and a what's the normal sax an alto sax Mm -hmm. Uh, it was usually just those two eventually they started having like flutes and shit in their music cool Uh, I will say yeah as an interruption, the two people who I have most strongly considered my favorite yeah. musicians both uh, use horns and tr- and tour with horns more often than not. Be- Jason Mraz and, and Glenn Hansard. Yeah. So I, horns. Especially I, that's live. just me. Like <sighs> that's just me. Like uh, like backing up my shitty yeah. taste of music basically just being I, like mm, I like music with horns I think most bands are better when they have horns in them. Yeah. I just love the sound of horns Yeah. so but then they took influences that were like at times hip hoppy at times like straight rock um funk some like uh soul and some like lounge kind of stuff and the way they like um allowed themselves to have all those interests and blend them together is a thing I'm very interested in that's really cool and the way they kind of like take genres and kind of not defy them uh but like 
but like use them in ways that are more interesting than they're currently than they're typically always used. And I think I I tend to like a lot of other media that does similar things. If mm-hmm. that makes sense, I can totally see like, that about your taste in the way that media. like I think. Uh, and maybe for the wrong, re- not for the wrong reasons, but like, I think Die Hard is a hilarious movie. Like, I laugh at, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, the, and like, not only just like to slap things together and combine things, but the way that you should have, if you want to, to me, if you want to be successful doing anything creatively, you need to have, um, knowledge about as many aspects of it as possible. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard to talk to someone who says they like music, but then they only like, us like i only like 70s punk rock well then you don't like music you like 70s punk rock you know what i mean i mean but music is one of those saying you like music is like saying you like food to me you know what i mean i think (laughs) it's like yeah we all like these things yeah we all like listening to music we all like i mean but i don't think i like listening to music as much as other people do so maybe that's a not the best example but uh, in the way that, like... Say, I think more accurately it'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm such a, like, music buff or, yeah. like, a, a music nerd. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just the way that, like, if you're interested in something, seek out as much of it as possible because mm-hmm. not, you don't necessarily have to like it, but it can influence the way you do... Uh, the way you may create things yourself or what you're into or what you want to do. Sure. Because, like, there's just no reason to ever not be open to... Experiencing more of it. Yeah. Like, like the depth of knowledge that they have musically makes them a better band to me than it would if they were just all into one style of music and they played that. Like... That's cool. Like, I used to like a lot of reggae, but then, like, mm-hmm. you listen... I was a big Sublime fan, too. I don't know if you Oh, yeah, you me. told me that. No, you told me that pretty <laughs> uh, recently. But, like... And I was like, did you practice Santeria? Yeah, I, I like, think that's, like, the first thing I said. Oh, uh, like, I sure did, but it was hard because I didn't have a crystal ball. <laughs> <laughs> um, the way that you hear that and it's Wait, just, did you have a million dollars? <laughs> Yeah, but, I mean, had being the operative word, because Uh, I spent it all. God (laughs) damn it. Um, um, The way that, like, if you listen to a lot of reggae music, it's all like, okay, what else do you got? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. That's so funny. That's another thing me and Nick talked about this weekend, because we were, um, were, I I was, like, looking at Instagram, or showing him something on it, or something like that, and I was, and I started, we both started singing, all right, we're grabbing, <laughs> which is Great hilarious. Great so we sang through like the whole song, and he just goes, "There are no other lyrics to make that a fun parody song." <laughs> like it's all just like, yeah. and then he played it in the car later, and we were like, "Yeah." We get it. Like, yeah. it's... Because it's... Cause I we're gramming. We're gramming. Like, we're gramming. Like we're gramming. every reggae you song. You hope you like gramming, too. Yeah. I want to gram it with you. For every reggae song, you could, like, reasonably ask the question, like, why did you decide to make this song four minutes instead of two? Yeah. <laughs> like, tell me what you were thinking. Like... You could always reasonably ask that question. And then Nick started going, all right, we're playing music. We're playing music. We're still playing music. This song is about us continuing to play music. Yeah. Uh, so I think in, in the uh, my answer, as long as that was to that, is 
is it makes me want to know more as much as I can about certain subjects because I think uh, um, combining them can help you create more interesting things. That's cool. I love uh, that. That's yeah. a great answer. Um, and I feel like we talked a, a decent amount about how much it really did affect your life and the way you consumed yeah. media after that. Yeah, yeah, and I think that, yeah, I think that would be the way to go with that. That's great. Yay! This was great. This was the best. Thank you so much for doing it. Thank you for asking me to do it. Thank you for being willing to, even though you told me at some point that you, I think you said you never wanted to. Did I? I wouldn't, yeah. I remember you saying a few months ago that you didn't want to do it, and I think... Oh, I remember what it was. I asked you what you would talk about. Yeah. And you interpreted that in a way that was me, like, asking you to do it. And you were like, I don't want to do it. <laughs> and I was like, I that's okay. What do you think you would talk about? about? And I don't think you had an answer yeah. at all at that point. So, to, yeah. to like, ask you last night and then wake up to you being like, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. I think I'm going to talk about the rustic overtones was a cool yeah. thing. Because I was just like, oh, I had no, I, I didn't know what to expect I think for you to say. part of my apprehension then was because I've gotten to a place in my life where, like, I, like, am way more comfortable not knowing stuff. Oh, and cool. like, And I used to think, like, oh, I know all this stuff. I'm super smart. And now I just, now I'm, like, I realize that I know way, I don't know way more than I do know. Yeah. Oh, so, sure. Like, yeah, yeah. So, I think that part of it was hard for me to be like, what's the thing I know a lot about? Right. It's like, I don't know. Everything's so subjective. What's reality? Boy, like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 so, it sent me down, like, th- that weird existential hole for a while. And I was like, and it was more like, I love the rest of Gover Towns. I know enough about them and their history. We can talk about that for a little bit. But I feel like th- they've changed my life in a positive way that I wouldn't have expected from any normal band and nobody else can call me on it because nobody else knows who they are. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That, I mean, I I think that's what the show has grown into. Yeah. Is talking to someone about, and every once in a while someone will talk about something that they're just super fucking knowledgeable about. Yeah. But odds are, when you're super fucking knowledgeable about something, it's because you, yeah. you love it. And because... <laughs> You can talk about the ways that it affected yeah. your life. You know what I mean? I would love to meet the person that was super knowledgeable about something they hated. That they just didn't care? Yeah. I hate bowling, but let me tell you, the past 30 years of... I mean, but there are... There is that, like, fascination, though. With Some people do have that fascination yeah. where they'll, like, consume... I feel like Insane Clown Posse is a thing that people know a lot about because they're fascinated by how horrible it is. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know why that was the specific thing that came to mind, but it's like a lot of the people I know who know the most about Insane Clown Posse are not actual yeah, Insane, Insane Clown, Clown Posse, Posse fans. fans. Have you They're been... not gigolos. Is Juggle- that what? I think it's Juggalos. Juggalos. Shit, fuck. <laughs> Juggalos. Um, it's I definitely want to Juggalos. connect Gigolo to Deuce Spigolo male Gigolo, which is a movie starring Rob Schneider, who went on to star in The Animal. Yes. Uh, which featured the hardest way possible on the soundtrack. I knew that's where that was going. That's like But three. what you should have said was Deuce Bigelow Deuce Bugalo male juggalo. <laughs> Deuce Bugalo. Um no. we have to go because we have to write the script for Deuce Bugalo male juggalo. Interior Bugalo. <laughs> Evening. A strap. Did you just say bugalo yeah, instead like of a bungalow? Bungalow? Exactly. That was the joke. A strapping deuce. Yeah. Uh, so we got the first location of this thing. 
cool. Uh, guys, seriously, we gotta go. <laughs> we got. We have 120 pages to write. In we this gotta masterpiece. go. Its script is in us. It just has to come out. <laughs> well, Eric, the thing that I say at the end of every episode is I, that I love you, and I mean that. I love you, and I mean that. Yeah. Right, so are we done? We are done. Oh. Were we recording? This has been a Nerdalogs production. For more on the Nerdalogs and our shows, please go to www.nerdalogs.com. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.